So a few months ago, it was my son Landon's birthday, and he said, hey, Dad, here's what I want to do. I want to go for hibachi dinner for my birthday. And I said, okay, son, we're going to go for hibachi. Now, we've been once before, and Landon really likes it. Now, I'm a really picky eater, so I do okay with the chicken and the vegetables and some of the rice, but that's about all I mess with, okay? And so we're sitting in the hibachi place, and you guys know those chefs are like ninjas. Those guys are insane. You know they're ninja vigilantes at night out there, like, you know, throwing chicken at people at bad guys. It's like incredible stuff going on out there. And so we're sitting in the seats, and we're getting ready, and we're getting ready, and the guys are doing their thing, and they're cutting stuff up, and they're making fire blows and everything, and it's all incredible. And all of a sudden, one of the chefs goes like this to me, and he flings a piece of food at me. And it just hit me in the shoulder. <laughs> and then, because I'm very careful with what I eat, he flung a second one, like, oh, maybe the guy didn't get it. And I actually dodged this one and watched it go by, because I'm not going to, I don't know what it is, you know? And so then I said to him, what is it? He goes, mushroom. I said, no, no. And I pointed at Kelly, and he was like, Phew. he's like, Phew. you know, I mean, just nailed it, right? But I was so not ready, because when we took Landon the time before for this, he only did it to the kids, right? I was so not ready for what was coming my way. Have you ever been reading the Bible? Have you ever been in church? Have you ever been in a conversation about Jesus and you so weren't ready for something somebody said? You're reading the Bible, you're like, wait, that's in the Bible? Or you've been in church and somebody said something from the stage, you're like, wait, 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 that's so weird. Why, why would God think that way? Or, or why do we think that way? Wait, wait, who has it wrong? Do we have it wrong? Does God have it wrong? How does this all work? See, so often we have things upside down. God thinks in a very different way than we do. And sometimes we become stuck in the upside down. We become a prisoner to the upside down way of doing things because we're not seeing things the way God sees them. So in this series, I've had a blast just taking us through the scriptures, looking at what God has to say about some of the things in our lives that we tend to have upside down. Now today, I'm really passionate about this topic, okay? And I think it's such a big deal for us as a church, and I think it's such a big deal for us as followers of Jesus. And see, one of the things that religion has upside down has to do with hypocrisy and authenticity. Hypocrisy and authenticity. We're going to talk a lot about this today. Now the word hypocrisy, if you look at the Greek, means pretender or actor, so a hypocrite is someone who is pretending to be one thing, but they're actually another. They're saying one thing, but they're doing another. As some of us, if we're honest, we really struggle with that, don't we? We struggle with hypocrisy. We say we're one way, but we act another way. As some of you guys struggle with it so much, you might be going, Doug, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear this. La, 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 la. I can't hear you, Doug, right? I don't want to hear this right now at all. But some of us in the room, we are so sick of our hypocrisy. We're like, thank you, God that Doug's talking about this today, because I want to get free from it. See, that's where we have to find ourselves today. We have to find ourselves not, not putting our fingers in our ears saying, I don't want to change, I don't want to change, I don't want to be different. We have to hear ourselves saying, man, wouldn't it be amazing to be the real thing? Wouldn't it be amazing to get outside my hypocrisy? And so if you really, really struggle with that today, I pray that's your heart. If you don't really struggle with this, but you'd say, okay, there, there are some times I struggle to be authentic with God and with others, then I hope today you really are challenged to come outside of all that and to lay some things down that maybe you've been doing kind of back behind the scenes when you think God isn't looking and maybe you're thinking nobody else is looking either. Now, there's something really important I got to talk with you guys about too in all this, and I hope this is so helpful to you today. You see, some of us think we're a hypocrite, but we're not. We're not a hypocrite, we're human. See, today we're going to learn the difference between hypocrite and human. See, a hypocrite says, I am one thing, but I do another. A human is someone who struggles, right? You struggle. I struggle. That's because we're human. And some of us have let the fact that we are human rule us out from being used by God. God, hey, God nudges you and me. You know, why don't you, uh, why don't you invite your neighbor to church? 
why don't you share your faith a little bit with that coworker, that person at school? And it's like, no, 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 I'm a hypocrite because I go to church, but I know I'm such a failure, right? But the truth is, guys, today I hope what's so freeing to some of us is that maybe you're not actually a hypocrite. Maybe you're just human, and those struggles that you and I have should stop ruling us out from inviting our friends to church, from sharing our faith, from joining a volunteer team, from getting into community with some people. So we're going to talk today about the difference between hypocrite and human. I'm sure in a room this size, there are some of us that struggle with hypocrisy, but there are probably more of us who are limited because we think we're a hypocrite, but we're actually just human. So we're going to work through that here today. If you are hearing me say all this, like, I don't think I struggle with this. I think I'm a pretty authentic follower of Jesus. I think I'm pretty real with God. I think I'm pretty real with others. Awesome. Thank you for being that. Let's keep going with that. And I just want to encourage you guys, the number one feedback I get about this church, the number one thing people say, I'm so grateful to God for this, by the way, is that we're genuine. That is the number one thing. Almost everybody, they leave and, you know, whether they like it or not, whether they stay or not, whether they want to look for a different church and they like a different style of worship or a better preacher or whatever it might be, the, the number one thing I hear back is, man, here's what I can say about you guys. You're genuine. I don't even know if I believe what you believe, but I believe you genuinely believe it. Thank God for that. If there is anything we could be, that is the word I would want us to be. Well, loving maybe slightly ahead of that, but... I think genuine goes right along with it, right? And so thank you guys for being a church who is known for this. How exciting is that? So this is so important for us to talk about today for many reasons. First one is, if we're going to enjoy true community, we have to be authentic. Bottom line. And I'm telling you guys, more and more, our church, man, we are gearing ourselves at community, okay? So if we're going to enjoy actual community and real community, we have to be authentic, Because when you and I walk in this room or we walk in our community group or we're on our volunteer team and we're all being fake and we're all kind of duping each other and look, I'm all polished on the outside, but I'm a mess on the inside, then community cannot happen. It will not happen. It will not deepen. It will not go anywhere. And so it is so important that we are authentic because the truth is authenticity creates community, right? Isn't that true? You get a bunch of real people in a room, something's going to happen. Something cool is going to happen. God's going to be able to use that. But if you got a bunch of people who are faking it, We're never going to get anywhere we want to get. Another reason this is so important is because sometimes the world around us discounts our message because of our lifestyle. Isn't that true? Right? Sometimes the world around us discounts our message because of our lifestyle. In other words, they don't care how much God loves them if they look at us and see a bunch of people who aren't even really, you know, following him ourselves, right? Now again, to struggle is one thing, but to say we are one thing and do another is called hypocrisy. And the world is sick of hypocrisy. I, th- I think we all are, aren't we? Aren't we all kind of tired of either ourselves being stuck in it or others who have influence? Then, one more reason. Hypocrisy, authenticity, why this all matters so much. Jesus gave his life so we could be free, not just pretend we're free and remain internally imprisoned, right? Isn't that some of us in the room? Man, I'm free, God's so good, but I'm not really actually, I'm just pretending, I'm hiding, this is all fake, because inside I'm still torn up, and I'm still completely stuck, and and I, I make it look real good, but, right? See, here's what I need you to see today. The problem is not your struggle. The problem is not my struggle. The problem is when we pretend we don't struggle. That's hypocrisy. And so we're going to work through this all here today. If you're not a follower of Jesus, hypocrisy is probably one of the top reasons that you don't normally come to church. 
that somebody brought you here and you're thinking to yourself, well, these are probably a bunch of fake people and they're in this room and they don't really mean it and, and some guy's, guy's going to get on stage and tell everybody else what to do, but he doesn't live it. And, and so can I just start with apology? Can I just start by saying I'm so sorry if that's been your experience? I'm so sorry if someone who maybe like me got on the stage and spoke pushed you away from Jesus or, or a friend that you knew pushed you away from Jesus. I'm so, so terribly sorry for that. And that's not our heart. And that's not who God is. God, you could sink your teeth into. God is real. God is authentic. God is genuine as it gets. And it breaks my heart when sometimes his people don't represent that well. And so let's just start with apology. And I hope today you see a bunch of people in this room who are not perfect. Hear that loud and clear. But we are aiming at being the real thing. And so today, as we work through this, you're going to see a little bit about the grace of God and the mercy of God for us who struggle. So we're going to look at some things Jesus had to say about this here today. The religious system of Jesus' day was all messed up. It was so hypocritical. It was all upside down. And Jesus was teaching a bunch of people. And look what happens in Matthew 23, verse 1. He says, it says, Then Jesus said to the crowd and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Now, what does that mean? Jesus is being really sarcastic here, okay? Basically, what he's saying is, okay, hey, guys, who, who did God give the law to? And everyone would have said Moses. He says, okay, you know those, like, really holy, important guys who think they're just like Moses? Those guys who sit in Moses' seat? Now, in the synagogues of the day, the, there was literally a seat. didn't look anything like this. It was made out of stone, and the teacher would sit in the stone seat, and they thought it was the coolest thing in the whole world. These guys were all about the stone seat. They thought it was like, I'm sitting in Moses' place now. I'm important. I'm together. I'm holy. I'll sit here and tell all of you how unholy you are. But me, I'm on this stone seat. I'm in Moses' place, and I am holy. And Jesus is being really sarcastic. Oh, you know all those important guys sitting in Moses' seat who think they're just as important as he was? Look what it says next. It's so powerful. It says, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. In other words, do what they say, but don't do what they do because they're hypocrites, because they're fake, because they are pretenders. And so Jesus has some strong words for them. He goes on in verse 4, and he tells us some of the ways that they do this. He says, they tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. So the guy would sit in his stone seat, and he would say, here's what you have to do, people. Here's what you have to do. If you really want God to love you, if you really want him to be your God, then this is the things you got to do. And he would put all these heavy weights on people's shoulders, and they'd have to go lift him out, but then they'd go out, and they wouldn't even lift a pinky finger to do the things they just told everybody else to do. You know, what's crazy is not only would they not do what God told them to do, they wouldn't do all the things that they made up on their own that they thought were important for the people. So in other words, God gives all these kind of commands, and then the people here, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, decide, let's give some extra commands to the people. Want to know what some of them were? Ready for this? This is great. Okay. On the Sabbath, on the day of rest, you could spit on a rock, but not on the mud. Because if it hit the mud, it could turn into clay, and that would be considered work. So if you're going to spit, you've got to find a rock big enough to take the whole wad, basically, is what we're saying here, people. Okay? That's one of the rules they came up with. Another rule they came up with is you're allowed to eat radishes on the Sabbath, which I don't know about you. It's one of my favorite traditions, right? Okay. I'm allowed. Thank God, right? So you're allowed to eat the radishes, but don't Dip them in salt because if you dip them in there long enough, they may just pickle, and that's considered work. 
They would actually have conversations. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law would sit around and have conversations about how long it took in the salt for the radish to pickle. Talk about spending your time in important ways. Wow. You were allowed to eat the egg that a chicken laid on the Sabbath only if you killed the chicken for breaking the Sabbath by laying the egg. Yeah, that was not a joke, okay? This is ridiculous. These ridiculous laws and rules that these people came up with. But the worst part about it is they told everyone how important they were and to do them, but they wouldn't do them themselves. Hypocrisy. And Jesus had strong, strong words for these hypocrites. Okay, so we've been beating up on the Pharisees pretty good here, right? What about us? What about us? Are there some things in our lives we, we tell others are important or we make others think are important to us, but then we don't follow through? Now, again, we struggle because we're human. That's one thing. But are we representing ourselves, acting like we have it all together, when in reality there are some huge things we're not following through with in our lives? How is that true of you today? How is that true of me here today? Jesus goes on. He says, everything they do is done for people to see. Ouch. Everything they do is done for people to see. And so when a certain person walks in the room, they change how they act. When another certain person walks in the room, they, you know, they become more holy and they, they change the way that they talk. And is that true of any of us? When somebody walks in the room, when a certain person walks in the room, do we change the way we act? Do we change the way we're treating somebody? If, if so-and-so were in your house today and watched how you interacted with your spouse, would you be different because they're there? Right? Would you watch certain things on your TV if you're alone, but if so-and-so were in the room, you wouldn't watch them? If you reached out to a friend and said, hey, let's go do X, Y, or Z, would you do that if so-and-so were there? Because that's the question here. Are we consistent? Are we authentic? Are we genuine? Do you find the same me here that you do if you're hanging out in my backyard? And Jesus had strong words for these guys who are faking it. And then he gives us some examples of ways that they tried to have people's eyes on them to see how holy they were. He says this, he says, they make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. Now, I don't know what having wide phylacteries means, but if I stuck to my diet a little better, I think I could get that under control probably. I think I could figure that. Really, second service, no laughs on that one. I, 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 I laughed so hard when I wrote that. I was like, this is the best joke I've ever made. And I got nothing twice. Yeah, thanks, Lee. So <laughs> the phylacteries being wide, 7 o'clock's going to love that one. I just can't wait, right? I'm going to plant a few of you, come back tonight and laugh real hard. So the phylacteries are all about these boxes that they would put the scriptures in. They, it was so crazy. They, they, they misinterpreted a scripture, and they took the word of God, they would put it in these big boxes, and they'd literally strap them to their forearms on their heads, and they'd walk around, totally misinterpreting some scripture. And what's so ironic is what they cared about was how big the box was, not what was inside the box, the Word of God, right? And so they'd walk around, and, hey, you see my phylactery? See how big it is, right? Got it custom, I got some bedazzled, I got right, some sheepskin inlay thing going on here, right? Brandon's laughing, I don't care, I'll just make Brandon laugh all day, that's fine with me. And so they were walking through like, look what a big deal I am, what a big deal I am. And then they got their tassels, right? They, they got the tassels on their garment, on the people back in Jesus' day, the Jewish people would wear 
these long tassels to show that they were holy. It was a reminder. It wasn't like this outward thing, like, look how holy I am. It was a reminder to the person wearing them, I'm supposed to live a holy life. But instead of that, these guys, these Pharisees and teachers of the law, they made the length of their tassels longer than the common folk so that they could point out, look how much more holy I am. Look how much more together I am, right? All these different things that they would do. Verse 6, they love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They were looking for the visibility. They were looking to be known as important. What do we do to be honored and seen and stand apart? What, what do we do? Do we ever make ourselves look more together and holy than we really are? That's the problem we're talking about today. Not struggling with stuff. That's not a hypocrite. That's human. But it's when we decide to make ourselves look like we aren't human and we don't struggle with this stuff. That's when we find the problem. It says, They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and be called rabbi by others, but you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. See, rabbi, originally it was just a, a term of honor and respect that meant teacher, but these guys turned it into, oh, I'm, that seat. I'm on that seat, man. I'm on Moses' seat. Jesus says, that's, that's worth nothing. Then verse 9, it says, do not call anyone on earth father. Now, don't freak out. I'll, I'll work on this with you in a second. For you have one father, and he is in heaven, nor are you called to, uh, to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. Now, this, Jesus is not saying we can't call our fathers father. Right? We, we would run into trouble on Father's Day. Like, how do you, what do you write in the card? Happy, really important in my life guy day. You know, like, how does that work out? So you like that one. I don't get it, guys. That, that was so not as funny as the phylacteries. Anyway, and so you're here the problem that, that Jesus is addressing is that these people were basically trying to put themselves in the place of God. In other words, oh, you call God Father. But these guys are kind of like trying to make themselves God. And so don't even call him Father. And, and you know what? Teacher, don't, don't call him teacher because those teachers, again, Jesus is referring specifically to the guys on the stone seats. Those teachers, man, they're all about that, that prestige. Don't give it to them. So what Jesus is doing here is he's trying to help them realize how they were struggling with hypocrisy. Now, here's the deal. This is where it gets a little tricky for you and me because I would guess most of us in the room, probably our biggest struggle with hypocrisy isn't necessarily in trying to make a greater name for ourselves than we actually are, right? But that was the Pharisees' greatest struggle. So that's why Jesus is hitting this really hard. So my question for you and for me today is, is how are we hypocritical? It's probably not trying to make our name great but it might be stuff we're looking at on a screen. It's probably not trying to be honored or respected, maybe for some of us, but probably not for most of us. Maybe it's the way that we, we scream at those closest to us behind closed doors. It, it's probably not trying to be known for our theology, but maybe it's the unforgiveness that we carry around in our heart and the way we lash out at that person we're angry at when they're in the room, right? So, what is our struggle? Jesus is being very clear what their struggle is, but, but what is ours? And Jesus says that the greatest among you will be your servant. So he's getting right to the heart of these Pharisees. You guys like your stone seat. You like all the honor and prestige. Can I tell you something, guys? The greatest will be the servant. And so he's getting right to the heart of what they struggle with. And, and I just, I wonder, is God trying to get to the heart of some of the stuff that we wrestle with? And some of the stuff, again, the wrestling is not the problem. It's the, the cover-up of the wrestling. That's the problem. That's what makes it hypocrisy. He goes on. 
For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And we see this principle all throughout the scriptures, right? Those who try to lift themselves up are laid low, but those who lay themselves low are lifted up. God can lift them up and do something great with them in those moments, right? So he's looking at the Pharisees who struggle with all this, going, guys, you guys got to, like, get down on your faces before God, humble yourself, and watch them start to do some great things in, in your life and through your life, right? Maybe that's where some of us are today. We're just so proud. We're not willing to let those guards down. We're not willing to let God in. We're not willing to let each other in. Can I just tell you, all the things that are good that are produced through your life come when you're humble, right? I mean, the same is true for me. Like, the stuff that I've tried to do myself, and God's been working on my heart a lot in this last season with this, the stuff I've tried to make work, the stuff I've tried to push forward, and I've tried to, you know, whatever, man, that stuff is always useless. I look back on that, and I'm like, I'm embarrassed of it. But the stuff that God can do when we lay ourselves low is a whole different ballgame. But you know what God does? You know how God lifts us up when we lay low? He lifts us up like this. We're walking through our, our neighborhood, right? Nice night, just out on a walk. And suddenly we notice a guy sitting in a lawn chair. And, and God starts to nudge our heart, like, go pray for him. And, and guys, if God puts me in this scenario, I argue with him just like you do, just so you know, I'm not a superstar Christian. I, God, I don't know the guy. I mean, it's going to be a little awkward. And Doug, shut up, turn around. Let's go, go pray for the guy. Hey, man, how's it going? Just out, it's a nice night, walking around my block. And I don't know, man, it might sound crazy, but I love Jesus, and I just feel like he wants me to, to pray for you. Really? You let me? Okay. And, and you pray for the person, and, and they, they may or may not thank you, and, and you walk away, but here's what I believe. I believe the day comes when we stand before God in heaven, and lawn chair guy walks over to us and goes, I don't know if you remember me or not, but I was sitting in my my chair one day, and you walked through the neighborhood, and you prayed for me. You, what you didn't know, and what I didn't say in that time was that I was sitting in that chair contemplating God, contemplating if he knew what I was going through, contemplating if he cared for me, and he sent you. Like, that's the stuff that matters, right? It's, it's when we humble ourselves and lay ourselves low and say, God, you can use me. You can use me. And here's what has happened. Some of us, again, I, I know we're like walking this tightrope today, we don't want to be hypocrites, but we also don't want to, you know, be ruled out from being used by God because of our humanness. Some of you guys in the room have felt like God can't use you to minister to lawn chair guy because you're human, because you make some mistakes. If you're real with God about those mistakes and you're real with others about those mistakes, you are human, not a hypocrite. And God can use you. And so we have to figure this out a little bit as we work through this message here this morning. Verse 13, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrite. He goes, guys, you say one thing, you do another. And so if we're here in this place, let's say the hypocrites are here today. We're standing here, we're pretending that we're the real thing, but we're so not. And we won't let God know about it, we won't let anybody else know about it. Just a little by the way. God does know about it. Just a reminder, he does see it, okay, just in case we haven't fooled. But hypocrite here, my prayer is you and I will just say, okay, I'm going to walk over here and and, and be human. I'm going to go from from hypocrite to human today. Still, you still struggle in both spots. There's still temptation in both spots. There's hardship in both spots. But here, the difference is I am real with God and I am real with others. Give me a perfect example of of me being a hypocrite, okay? If I were to get up on this stage and say, guys, it's come to my attention that some of you guys are, are drinking a, a good amount of soda, and I find that to be 
uh, a bit unhealthy. It's not a great example for the next generation. It's not a great example for, you know, others that are around you. It's really bad. Like, reports are coming out about this. Now, why is that hypocritical? Because I drink about seven gallons of Dr. Pepper every week. Like, I purchased the tree from the Himalayan mountains that all 23 flavors of the Dr. Pepper flavor come from. You walk in my backyard, you stab it with a straw and just sip the nectar. It is glorious, okay? I love Dr. Pepper so much that our sound guy today, Chris, tagged me in this picture recently. This is a pretty funny picture. It says, beware of the false prophets which come in, sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. And you got all the fake Dr. Peppers up there, Mr. Pibb and Mr. Perky and Dr. Bob and Dr. Thunder and all the ridiculous ones there. Now, it would be hypocritical because if I get up here and say this and then walk backstage and bathe in it, which I don't, by the way, but if I, right? And, and that's the picture of a hypocrite. It's, it's don't do this, I'm going to go backstage and do this, right? And the question is, is, in our lives, in the backstages of our lives, like, is that what's going on? Now, it's one thing if I, if I struggle with it, but I tell Jesus about it, and I'm candid with you about it, but it's another if it's all hidden away. Jesus says this, and this is why hypocrisy is so important. This is why talking about this is so important. It says, you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. You know why hypocrisy is such a big deal? You know why Jesus gets fired up about it? And his harshest words are not for the prostitutes of his day, are not for the tax collectors and the sinners of his day. His harshest words were for the religious hypocrites. You know why? Because Jesus recognizes something really important. Read this with me. Hypocrisy is deadly because it doesn't just affect us. Hypocrisy is deadly because it pushes others away from Jesus too. See, it's one thing when your sin affects you. It's another thing when your sin pushes others away from Jesus. And sadly, every one of us in this room have a story of a hypocrite pushing us away from Jesus, don't we? Saved and unsaved here in this place today. Christian and non-Christian here in this place today. There's someone in your life, you looked up to them and you respected them and you thought that they were kind of pushing you in the right direction. Uh, maybe it was a pastor, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was a, um, a family member, someone of influence, and suddenly you saw behind backstage. You saw what happened in their life backstage. And you know what? Often, even if they did the same thing, but they didn't do it backstage, they, they did it right here and they were honest and broken about their sin, it wouldn't have pushed you away from Jesus. It would have actually pushed you toward them, right? If they said to you, hey, here's what I've been struggling with and I just need prayer. I hate this. Help me beat this. That's so different than, than finding somebody backstage doing something they shouldn't be doing. And so Jesus is really strong. And this is why this matters to us so much, because we're a church that wants to have an influence on our community, and we want to see people come to know Jesus, and so we've got to be authentic, and we've got to be genuine, because the world could care less about our message if they see our lifestyle looks nothing like what Jesus would want us to do and be. And if we struggle, but we own that struggle in front of them, it's worlds apart from pretending we don't struggle, and yet they know we do. And so, how are you with all this? How are you with all this? What's going on in your heart today? What's God highlighting in your heart right now that needs to change? Maybe you're the hypocrite that needs to become the human. Maybe you're the human that thought you were the hypocrite, but now you can be used by God. Now you're recognizing, oh man, everybody struggles. Doug struggles. Everybody struggles. Everybody's human. But I'm not going to pretend to be something I'm not. And then we're going to close with this verse. So powerful. It says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self 
indulgence. I'm sorry, we're actually going to close with the next part. See, see this, is, this is what I do when I empty the dishwasher is I pick up every single, because I got OCD, I pick up every single cup, look through it, look through it, beautiful, it's clean, put it away, right? But the mugs fool you, right? The mugs will get you because they're not clear. And so you pick them up and the outside looks clean and then you get some milk the next morning and it all turns black and you want to vomit, right? You see, Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, guys, that's what some of us are like here. We're trying to clean the outside of the cup so we look all good. But man, get down to what's inside us and it's disgusting. And it's one thing to struggle with that and be real about it and allow, listen, allow some of the inside of the cup to maybe leak over to the outside a little bit to say, hey, this is where I'm in need, Jesus. And, and to say to the world around us, this is who I am and this is where I'm struggling and this is where I need the grace of God. But it's another thing altogether. To pretend the inside's clean too. But this is where we're going to really stop. Sorry, verse 26. Blind Pharisee. He says, first, clean the inside of the cup and dish. And then the outside will also be clean. What a brilliant thing Jesus does here. Anybody in this room trying to better yourself on the outside? Behavior modification, I'm going to stop doing this, I'm going to fix myself, I'm going to make sure I get this all under control, this habit's never going to own me again, I'm, right? Anybody there? What does Jesus say? He says, you guys are focusing on the outside of the cup. Allow me to transform the inside of the cup and watch it transform the outside as well. You see, if the Pharisees are smart right here, when Jesus says, you guys need to clean the inside and the outside will be clean too, if they're smart, you know what the Pharisees say? They say, Jesus, we don't know how to clean the inside of the cup. And he goes, that's right, you need me. That's why I came. I came to clean the inside of the cup. And when I begin to transform you from the inside, what should I do on the outside as well? And so your hope is ginormous this morning because it's in God. See, the story today, the message today, the challenge today is not clean yourself up. It's every one of us are human. Let's not be hypocrites. Let's be human and let's run to Jesus together no matter what our struggle is and let's be real with him and real with each other and watch him transform the inside of the cup which will eventually transform the outside of the cup. So I have somebody who in my lifetime has struggled with anger a bit and what I realized, and I've shared a little bit of this before, is that for years, I've been trying to like tie a rope around myself to like contain the anger. Just, just, you know, leash me up, God, and protect me and help me not to, you know, erupt. And I don't get angry much, but when I do, I get angry. And what I began to realize is there's all this dirt on the inside, man. There's all this junk on the inside, and I got to give God access to the inside of the cup. And that will allow not only restraint, but healing from all the stuff that causes the anger. And so what would it look like for you to allow God access to the inside of your life, to the inside of your cup, to the inside of your heart, to begin to change you from the inside out? Here's what I think Jesus is trying to drive at in all this. Here's what I hope sticks with you. God calls us away from hypocrisy and total authenticity. Away from hypocrisy, away from pretending, away from faking it, and total authenticity, authenticity with God and authenticity with one another. And so some of us need to have some serious conversations with God. God, I want to be real with you. I know you know this already, but I'm gonna, I, I know you want to hear it from me. I'm like so lustful, God. Things I look at, I'm so sorry. Some of us got to say, God, I'm so addicted. I'm so sorry. Help me clean the inside, God, and let it overflow to the outside. God, I'm so angry. I'm so hurt. I'm so, I'm bent on revenge, God. 
I'm bent on unforgiveness. I'm going to take this thing to the grave because they don't deserve my forgiveness, God. But you've forgiven me, and so I have to forgive them, but I can't do it myself, God. Help me. Authenticity with God and authenticity with one another. What Christian, what Christian knows what you're like backstage? I've been in some backstage environments. Got to play some shows as a high school student, a college student, and I've seen some, some ugly stuff backstage. What, what Christian knows what's going on in your backstage so that you're not hiding it anymore? There was this huge piece of furniture right here that Dave and I had to move behind that curtain, and, and he's like 17 feet tall and about 1,000 pounds strong. Doesn't make sense, but that's all right. We're going to go with it. And so we just took it behind the curtain, and, and the way that we moved it, I was like 100% stuck behind the furniture, and so we started joking like I was going to do the whole sermon from back behind the curtain, you know? And that's the thing, guys. Some of us are stuck back behind the curtain. And I think the answer today is come out into the light. Come out into the light. No more hypocrisy. No more pretending. Just real, true, who you are. And so we got to stop pretending to have it all together, and we got to start very sincerely having conversations with God and with one another. And if I could just take a burden off your shoulders, God is calling us to authenticity, not perfection, right? Not perfection. God calls us to authenticity, not perfection. He knows we're imperfect. He knows we're going to mess up. And so when we do mess up, we bring it to him. But that's all a part of the authenticity, is that realness with him. And so if you struggle with hypocrisy a ton, if this is your day, man, don't put your fingers in your ears and run the other way. No. Say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. You love me enough to have put this on Doug's heart to talk about today so that I could find life and freedom in you. And if you struggle with authenticity a bit, what are those specific things you need to bring to him and bring to others? And we want to do this in a, in a, in a trustworthy way, in a, a confidential. I mean, I'm not saying you start just walking around to all the random people after the service today and you're playing, you know, connect four across from somebody and like, so I, uh, I'm addicted to this or that. No, like, like who do you know I'm addicted to Connect Four. I just, it's ruling my whole life. But, no, but who do you know that you can just have a conversation with? Again, phylacteries was so much better than that. But, but if you guys just bring up the conversation, like this is what's going on behind the scenes. I got to be real with you. There is someone, I would pray, man, I would pray. If you've been in this church for any length of time, I pray there's someone in this room even right now that you could have that conversation with here today. And if you thought you were a hypocrite, and you realize you are human, let's go. Let's go. Let's share our faith. Let's invite people to church. Let's get on a volunteer team. Let's jump on a community group. Let's go. Let's get moving. Let's not allow that lie to hold us back any longer. And if you really don't struggle with this much at all, man, keep on going. Keep on going. Because the truth is, the more of us that, that become this, the more of us that continue to be this, we will enjoy true community. And the world around us will listen to our message. They might not even believe our message up front, but they might say, I'm just so drawn to these people that I don't know what to do with the message. I almost don't want to even believe the message is true, but I can't deny it because of how real these people are and the difference this Jesus has made in their lives and will truly be free. So when I was in high school and college, it was my most hypocritical times in my life. And there were times God could give me influence and I would get on a stage and I would tell people like, hey, do this or do that, and then I'd go backstage, so to speak, and, and do the exact opposite. And the reason I tell you that is because it was the most miserable time in my life. It was the most tormented time 
in my life. And I know some of you are there right now. And God wants you free. He doesn't long for you to stay there any longer. And so will you come into the light today? And will you look to him, authentic with him, authentic with one another? If you're not a father of Jesus, you've heard me talk today a lot about Jesus changing the inside of our lives and transforming our souls, not just wrapping up all of our struggles and trying to restrain us. No, truly help us to change. And the people sitting in the seats around you aren't who we once were. We're not perfect, but we're different, man, and we're changing. And if you want to put your trust in Jesus today, it's all about what he did on the cross for you. It's all about him dying, like we celebrated in communion, how he died and he rose back from the dead. He allowed his body to be beaten, nails to be put through his hands and his feet, his blood to be spilled out all over so that you would look to him and know him as your Savior and your God. So if you want to put your trust in him today, I'll give you a chance to do that in just a minute. But I hope today you are challenged and encouraged to know that God calls us away from hypocrisy and toward authenticity. Let's pray. God, help us be authentic with you and with one another. God, thank you so much that you are real. And that you're the real thing, God. That you did not pretend. You were not one thing and, and then something some completely different somewhere else. God, we thank you that you lived the life and you were the perfect example of what it is to be the genuine article. And God, I pray that you'll help us to be those Christians. If you're a follower of Jesus and you really struggle with hypocrisy, it is time to have very specific conversations with Jesus right now. If you kind of struggle, maybe God brought some stuff up today. Authentic conversations with God right now. If you thought you were the hypocrite, but you realized you are human, then God, how do you want to use me? I mean, it's the best news ever. God, how do you want to use me? I thought you couldn't use me. But God, now today I realize that I struggle just like everybody else in this room today. And yet you use them, so use me. If you're not a father of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, I'd encourage you to pray something like this quietly. Jesus, thank you so much for dying in my place, for rising back from the dead. Help me believe that, God. Help me see that's true. Change my life. God, clean the inside of the cup, transform the outside of the cup. I give you access to all that I am. Thank you for your love for me. In your name I pray.